Chapter thirty nine of North Pole Voyages by Zaharia A. Mudge. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter thirty nine Round Frobisher Bay. The explorers found occasionally during their voyage encampments of natives. In these, many incidents occurred illustrating Eskimo habits. At one place, the women were busily employed on sealskins making women's boots one of them was diligently sewing while her big boy stood at her breast nursing before reaching the head of the bay mr hall's party was joined by a boatload of eskimo and several women canoes a beautiful river emptied into the bay here which abounded with salmon which proved most excellent eating vegetation was abundant the women brought mr hall a good supply of berries resembling in size and color blueberries they were deemed a great luxury wolves barked and howled about the camp the aurora danced and raced across the heavens in strange grandeur the deer roamed about the rocky coast undisturbed except by the occasional visits of the inuits mr hall having pretty thoroughly explored the head of the bay purposed to return on the side opposite that on which he came here were hills covered with snow it had no attractions for his Eskimo companions, and they muttered their discontent at the route. Ascending one of these hills, Mr. Hall planted on it, with much enthusiasm, a flagstaff from which floated the stripes and stars. On returning to the encampment he found his tent occupied by several Eskimo busily engaged in various items of work. One of the women having done him a favor, he gave her some beads, asking her at the same time what she had done with those he had given her on a former occasion she said she had given them to the angekuk for his services in her sickness mr hall went to a tin box and took out a copy of the bible and held it up before the woman saying this talks to me of heaven instantly as though a light from heaven had flashed upon them all both men and women left their work and springing to their feet looked at mr hall at first they seemed terrified then a smile of joy came over their faces and they said tell us what it talks of heaven as well as he was able but with a slight knowledge of their language he unfolded to them the great truth of revelation when he paused one of his hearers pointed downward inquiring if it talked of the grave or perhaps meaning the place of the wicked when he answered, Yes, they looked at each other with solemnity and surprise. But an incident which occurred soon after showed that these Eskimo did not feel the presence of eternal things. A white whale had been seen and chased by the men and women. He escaped, and the men returned in bad humor. As one of the women was helping to unload the boat, her husband threw a seal-hook at her with great force she parried the blow and it caught in her jacket she calmly removed it and continued at her work as if nothing had happened eskimo men are generally the mildest if not the most affectionate of savages in their relation to husbands yet in their fits of passion they throw anything that is at hand at their wives a hatchet stone knife or spear as they would at a dog at one time the Eskimo men all left Mr. Hall's boat on a hunt. He continued his voyage with the three women rowers. 
the boat was pleasantly gliding along when in passing an island it fell into a current which rushed over a bed of slightly covered rocks with the rapidity of a mill-race seething and whirling in its course the women though frightened rowed with great vigour suji showing herself more than an ordinary man in the emergency for some time the struggle was fearful and uncertain to go with the current was certain death to get out of it seemed impossible at last slowly steadily they gained on the rushing current and then the boat shot into a little cove in tranquil waters they landed and rested six hours mr hall had now september twelfth been out thirty-five days and he determined to return to rescue harbour hoping to find that the george henry had returned from her whaling trip this pleased the eskimo but they did not like his south ride route Kujasi would in spite of mr hall steer the boat towards the opposite side and the rowers enjoyed the joke at one time our explorer wished to stop and make further examination of a certain locality but Kujasi was heading the boat northward his captain urged him to stop and he replied with savage sharpness you stop i go even the women rowers when alone with mr hall set up an independent authority at one time and it was only after considerable urging that they yielded to the white man once when kujese was acting contrary to orders mr hall turned upon him with tones of authority and a show of determination he yielded and five minutes afterwards the whole eskimo crew were as jovial as if nothing had occurred yet it was not quite certain that this was a safe course the life of the lone white man was in their hands during this voyage mr hall was treated without stint to the delights of one eskimo practice we have spoken of the wild songs of their incantations rising often into a dismal howl one of the crew of women had a gift in this way and when she uncooted the rest accompanied or came in on the chorus in this way they often made the night of their encampment hideous one day the boat was gliding smoothly along under the steady strokes of the rowers the unemployed were nestling down in their furs dreamily musing while the dreary expanse of sky and sea was profoundly still save the distant screech of the sea-fowl and the occasional bark of the seal suddenly the female enchanter commenced her mystical song her voice was shrill as a night-bird's and varied by sharp and sudden cracks like fourth of july firecrackers the eskimo crew came in on the chorus and the rowers put forth at the same time a frantic energy their eyes glaring and countenances fearfully distorted the whole scene was intensely demoniac the enchanters seemed intoxicated with their howlings and continued them through the night and most of the two following days only one incident more of a noticeable character occurred on this excursion when one of their nightly encampments had just commenced a gold fever seized the eskimo and shook the little community as if they had been white folks a huge lump of gold had been found it was precisely the article for which the sovereign of england and her savants had sent here three hundred years before the sturdy frobisher with a fleet of empty ships it was emphatically fool's gold friday september twenty seventh eighteen sixty one the explorers arrived at rescue harbour the george henry was already there 
her energetic officers and crew had toiled through all the season and taken nothing the explorer and the ship's commander after a warm supper sat in the cabin talking over the incidents of their experience while separated until a late hour of the night the whole community were jubilant at their return as fears were indulged that the crazy craft had sunk with all its occupants mr hall was not long in finding the tupic of his friends a beerbing and wife when the wife of tukulito saw him she buried her face in her hands and burst into tears so great was her joy while chatting with them mr hall heard the plaintive sound of an infant voice turning back the folds of tukulito's fur wrapper a little boy was seen only twenty-four days old an only child october twentieth came and the whalers had secured three whales an encouraging success after a long failure but her captain had not intended to stay another winter his time was out and so nearly were his provisions but while rescue harbor was yet clear of ice and he was getting ready to return purposing to take with him the still enthusiastic explorer the heavy pack was outside of the harbor in davis strait it had to come an untimely unwelcome voyager from the north while the anxious whalemen were looking for a lead to open and permit them to sail homeward the frosty king of the north waved his icy skipter and davis strait was as unnavigable as the solid land another winter was spent in rescue harbor and it was not until early in august eighteen sixty two that the vessel was set free and spread her sails for home this year too was diligently improved by mr hall in explorations and the further study of the eskimo language and character he confidently expected to return after a short stay in the united states and carry out his proposed plan of explorations in king william's land he took home with him Eberbing and Tukulitu, with their infant boy, Tuk Eliketa. The dog Barbekark made one of the returning party. They arrived in New London September 13, 1862, after an absence of two years and three and a half months. End of chapter 39